0: and i'm excited to be back right (laughs) me too man yeah it's good we got a bunch of great guests coming up uh we got a great guest now uh that i'm super pumped i so what you know me 90s music man even when i started this uh i was like i'm just gonna take a trip down nostalgia lane and book like all my favorite 90s bands um, and the guest we have on now uh, does uh, a bunch of freelance writing and stuff like that. But she's written about gin blossoms who, you know, I fucking love.
1: Which and- I love that article because did you read it? It was all I about did. like Absolutely. working in a grocery store as a kid. It kind of took me back. Like I could totally feel yep. what it was going through. Right. I feel like. That's one I of the things I the like about her writing is, right is that it's there.
0: not just critical of like any kind of like music or it's not looking at it in a necessarily analytical way all the way through. It really just kind of personalizes everything for you. So, like, it's hitting all the marks as you're reading it. The And the other one, too, and I think I may have sent this to you, uh, is the Counting Crows article that she wrote about a long December, which yep. which just perfect. I mean, when I read it I, I, in 2021, when it first came out, I was like, this is beautiful. And then she reshared it again. And I read it over again and just everything that was going on, you know, you know, I was just like, I yeah. just like tears, man. It was, it's just a great article, but anyway, yeah, let's, uh, she writes, she's a writer for spin magazine. She's written for bitch. She's written for, um, a bunch of other ones, uh, that I'm blanking on now. She's got her own podcast. Um, the and, uh, i can't wait to talk to her. Let's bring out uh Nico Stratus. Hey, hi,
2: how are hey. you? I'm good. I was caught. Co- I was getting all my, co- I'm, I'm coughing. I'm, I'm sick. Apologies for, from from being I I don't Sorry. know why I'm apologizing some if I didn't like <laughs> I didn't make myself become like have a cold or whatever but
0: right, right, right yeah if you could please just wrap that up that'd be nice <laughs> I'm trying I'm like willing myself I'm like yeah. I'm
2: telling myself in my head
0: like stop it knock it off but it's as possible. we're all talking about how how dangerous COVID is <laughs> and we're good. like could you for the interview could you just tone down the yeah you know, could you just be normal for like this? five yeah. minutes yeah for God's sake um yeah i i do that's the first time i read anything um by you which i'm ashamed to say was with this gin blossoms article you know that was pretty early
2: in my i i'm not like i don't have like the longest career necessarily so that was really the gin blossoms one was really like the opening salvo to everybody was like oh you're like a 90s person and i'm like yes i'm 40 years old of course i'm a (laughs) 90s person i'm right i'm 38 so i'm right there I yeah mean, you're right I, there I, so you're yeah. you're knocking on that door yeah well and that was oh. like it was one of those things where you never know how it's gonna go like when i was talking to the people at span and i was like I got, i'm gonna write honestly, this
0: thing. i thought you meant turning 40 and i was like oh she's got some fucking wisdom <laughs> like you're like i didn't know how it was gonna go and then okay Ooh. But I will say
2: I talk like I've talked to people when I before I turned 40, I was like talking to people. I was interviewing Sharon Ben-Etten and I was like and she was like, oh, I had seen you were posting on Twitter about like worrying about getting older. And she was like, trust me, 40 is amazing and all this stuff. And like Liz Fair had given me a little bit of advice about turning 40, which is like cool and amazing. you know. Nice. And yeah. Uh, I was so scared to turn 40 and then I turned 40 and I was like, oh, it's great, actually. So oh. once you get to the other, you just got to get to the other side. And then once you're there, you're like, oh, this is so much nicer. But it takes a little bit to get there.
0: For sure. I feel like you just yeah. did what they did for you for me. Now I'm <laughs> well, like, there you I'm go. Like, all right. I'm all glad right. to be of service. Yeah. yeah. When I was turning 30, I did the same shit. And I tweeted out like, good God, I'm going to be 30. And Sinbad replied to me. And he was like, dude, it is just the beginning. And I was like, this is the best I have. <laughs> I was like, Sinbad. Yeah so I, I get it it's awesome i'm sorry I, I interrupted you you were saying about the gin blossoms article and you were when you went to spin oh yeah well i was just like i had written a, i had written one profile for them
2: and then i had been like tweeting about gin blossoms or something and mm. just my editor at Spin been like texted me like the middle of the night and was like do you want to write about gin blossoms and i was like <laughs> sure there's no reason to and he said no that's fine so i did <laughs> Uh, and I wrote that thing and it was very much like, yeah, like I worked in a grocery store. I'm from the Yukon. I grew up in the Yukon. and, and Which is I, awesome.
1: I have a ton of questions about that, but oh, we'll yeah. Well, get, we'll get into it for sure. Yeah.
2: Uh, and uh, so I wrote sort of about that experience of working in this grocery store that I worked at. And it was one of those things where like, I don't know how people are going to respond to this. Like you never know with that sort of stuff. And right away, it like it picked up and like I heard from some of the members in the band and like it just became. Oh. And then all of a sudden, everybody's talking about Gin Blossoms like. Um, a guy I know who's like one of the editors at Billboard magazine, like he wrote me and was like, I've been wanting to write this long piece about them for years and I just thought nobody was talking about this band anymore. And then you wrote that and then so now we're going to write this whole big long piece and like two other people I knew wrote stuff about Gin Blossoms and I was like okay, I think the appetite is here to like, especially for people around my age because like we kind of do want to process those teen years now,
0: right? Now that we're like, I'm so far away from them now that like they don't matter, like they don't exist to me really. Yeah my friends and I I'm doing this. Um, I'm like the photographer basically. And I'm not a photographer, but like in the group, like I was that idiot with a photo camera, like with a camera, no matter what was going on. And, you know, and we all have these weird memories of like a couple friends being like, dude, no, come on, man, just live in the moment. Don't take photos. And now that we're all older, everyone's like, Hey, do you have that photo of me in I'm a... <laughs> like, yeah, but it is weird. We're like, I'm so did- as I'm posting these photos, I'm like, who are these kids? Like, I have no attachment to anybody or anything. And, it, and it's kind of like a nice little trip down memory lane, but there is like a nineties resurgence for music and stuff. Like, and I don't, do you think it happened like during like COVID where all these legacy bands started like coming back out and stuff? I think
2: so. And I think part of it, I wonder if you sort of have this feeling as well. Like part of it for me, especially in the pandemic in the early days of the pandemic, especially was like, I just want comfort, right? Like, yes. and what's more yeah. comforting than something that like, The stuff that meant so much to you when you were a teenager, like there's so much comfort in that because you can kind of remove yourself of all the like existential angst of being a teenager. Like remember when you were like a teenager and every feeling you had was like, oh, this is going to end me if I don't do something about this. And now I listen to it like, what was wrong with me? Like the person that I was like upset about or whatever, like I don't even remember their last name anymore. Right. Yeah.
1: Now like, something happens to me and I'm
0: like, God, I hope this fucking ends
2: me. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I kind of so feel sweet.
0: like everything ends me now. Like, I I feel like I just ended 10 years ago and I'm just right. still here. We're all just Phoenixes. I know. Right. Isn't that weird? Like, I've been reading so much stuff about like uh, just I don't know if it's I don't want to say it's existential dread, but like just other philosophers and like people like that who are like, yeah, like a lot of people like, you know, die when they're this age and then don't really get buried until they're, you know. 70 something and i'm like oh my god it's me uh, <laughs> i'm like struggling to get that back and it's hard to Do you find it hard to talk about where you're not trying to bring down the room with certain people or certain friends but like it's it's on a loop in your head so you're like guys anybody feeling like uh end of days or uh or like you're really missing being a teen or like anything like that I mean, I'm just always walking outside with a sign that says the end is near.
2: So I feel like that's really just sort of like signposting how I'm how I'm feeling all the time. Right. I don't know. It it is like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like most of the people I know are probably in the same mindset as me of like, I don't know how both of you feel. But like, I know so many people that are just like, I don't know. Shit is stressful all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Tom's going through. I mean, you. I, I remember. I don't know what was it. I called you a couple weeks ago, and you were like, "Hey, uh, brb, having a panic attack,"
1: and I was like, "All right, call me when you're okay." It's so <laughs> weird that like I go through these weird waves. I'm. I don't know. I got a ton of mental illness in me, but between my ADHD and my like manic ups and manic downs, like I am never stopping. And you know what's funny with the ADHD thing? I lose memory so fast. Like I'm. I feel like I'm so in the moment. It almost creates me to be zen. Yeah. Because. Mm-hmm. I hurt my foot, like my Achilles tendon. I'm like, I think I hit it on something or I might not have. (laughs) That's exactly like how little I remember sometimes where I'm like, but music, like 90s music, certain things. Music is kind of like smell to me. Like if it hits you right, it'll bring you right back to a moment. And it's a vivid memory. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Right. Where it's like a hidden memory where it's somewhere deep, deep buried in my brain. And then that song will just take you right into that second again. Yeah.
2: I have like the ADHD brain uh, brain, but I'm also like, and this is the thing I've, I've written about. So it's not a secret. Like I'm, I'm I'm sober now, but like I was an alcoholic for a long time. And like, so I, and I like would like black out, And I, so there's a lot mm-hmm. of my brain that just like does not exist. Like I erased those files and then threw the hard drive in the garbage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like so much of that stuff, like so much of it for me, like why I write about music, the way that I do so much now is like, it is like the sensory trigger that takes me yeah. back to those places. Right. Like yep. so often it's, it's uh like in movies when somebody's like remember like the movie Constantine with Keanu Reeves and he's got to go to hell and like water is like the conduit to go to hell I feel like music is my conduit to go
0: to hell which is when I was a teenager yeah did you find any of it when you're writing about it stuff you can't dip into just yet have you discovered like a nugget of a memory that you're like ooh, that was that still I didn't know that was still there and that's kind of you know hard to think about
2: Tomorrow I have a piece going up. That's a really long essay um, that I wrote about um, when I uh, went through conversion therapy at a Baptist Mm -hmm. Bible camp when I was a kid. Uh, And that was a thing that like, it was a memory that came back to me. And then it was a thing that I was like, okay, we're going to wait a little bit. Because it's like, it's also a thing that I haven't told a lot of people. Like my, my fiance knows, I told my parents last year, like when I was like 39, I told them about wow. what had happened. Cause they kind of like knew that something had happened, but they didn't know like the full breadth of it. Right. Uh, yes. So that like sort of came back and then I was like, okay, well, I got to put this aside until I can fully process it. And then once I did, I was sort of able to like work through it slowly. And then now I've been able to write about it. But it was definitely one of those things. I was like, I've got this, I've got to tell it. I've just got to like, I've got to like, work my way there
1: yeah you have to right. process it yourself right do you, yeah did you do that with somebody or did you was that strictly on your own like
2: kind of both like i had worked through it mm. a bit with a therapist a long time ago when i had it there i mean part of the problem with being a freelance writer is um the excess money is not always there as, yeah. as you can imagine you know like mm-hmm. even though like as like busy as i am i'm it's not like you know you don't always have the spare scratch around for that sort of stuff but like i have like Absolutely. talked to somebody about it and i have I I think now also, too, like that I'm like staple in my life. You know, I've been sober for a number of years and all these sort of things. So it does give me like a better bedrock to like work through these things. But it's still like tomorrow I know I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to be like careful, you know, like
0: because who knows how people
2: are going to react to that, too. Right.
0: Like you never know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it is
0: weird about the about the money thing, like when you're doing this kind of stuff, because even with like comedy and shit, like there was I remember there's times where I was able to afford to go to see a therapist and then I was like, this is great. And then all of a sudden, there's times where I was not able to do it. So you're like in and out of it for a while. So it's hard to touch and, and nail down like like even my friends were like, "Hey, are you uh, are you able to are you should, are you going to see anybody? Like, what's going on?" My dad had passed away in November, and they're like, "Oh, good thing you're still." And I'm like, "Haven't been, not doing it. Uh, can't afford it right now." Um, and they're like, "Oh, well, you seem to be doing okay." And I'm like, "That's the key. Seem to be.
1: It's all um, about appearances.
0: Yeah. 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 Absolutely." um and that's so is that something that like how long did it take you to write this
2: like when i it took me a long time you started time. to write it yeah what like when i sat down and wrote it i wrote it in an afternoon but oh, i had mm. it in my head like i had the whole thing in my head i've been kicking it around because i had been like thinking of doing it for something else last year mm. and it was a thing that i knew and it's a story that i knew like i had like i had processed it to the point where i had told myself the story in my head like i was like i'd work through every beat of it so then it's like, okay, well, how do I write this down in a way that is like readable and cohesive and like and is like interesting for lack of a better phrase? Like it is funny to be like, how are people gonna find my trauma
1: interesting? How do I how <laughs> do I people love trauma? I don't know why, but people they do, they really, to...
2: they really, they really do. And it also yeah, yeah. features the band Live. Remember Live? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love the band Live. yeah. So this was the camp counselor that sort of gained my trust. Um, he mm-hmm. we bonded over it. I would like Walk around with my min on, and I had my little yellow headphones on, and I was singing along to uh, the song "Shit Town" from the album "Throwing Copper" by Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, "I like that song too," you know. And then he like, we like had a bond over Live, which is very yeah. odd and kind of funny to think about now. Like, it's like a dark humor thing. Where I'm like, yeah, it's pretty funny that it's Live of all bands, but yeah, you know, <laughs> they were
0: popular. So, yeah, yeah. Did it damage your like ability to listen to the band? I mean yes and no like I liked that band for a while like I
2: liked that album I liked the one they put out after that I can't remember what it was called um
0: uh the I know, I Juice the, or something. yeah was like a yeah. Song. Yeah. Oh, um, God. yeah I can see that the I have I know like, I'm a big live fan as well it didn't damage the band for me which is funny because it damaged everything else about me yeah <laughs> <laughs> but live was somehow
2: strong enough. It's funny. I didn't think of that. But it is funny that like live was the thing that was strong enough to be like, don't worry, we
0: got this. We're going to make it through. We're going to weather this storm. Yeah, it is. It is weird what makes it and what doesn't make it, because I pretty I consider myself to be a pretty resilient person as far as like, I don't I'm not too affected by, um, you know, if if a TV show or anything goes because my parents fought when I was younger, like brutally, like all the time. But I don't have any like I it's not like I hear the gummy bears theme and I'm like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, it's fine. Like, I'm okay. (laughs) But like, I would go to those things for comfort when I was a kid. But they don't remind me necessarily of the bad emotions. But some music, it will sneak up on me from like a bad or like high school where I'm like, holy shit, I haven't listened to this in so long. And now I know why Uh, it's it's like a weird I don't know what it is. I don't know how it even seeps in sure yeah that happens to
2: me every now and then if i'm like oh i'm gonna talk to like last year especially i was every now and then i was doing these things where like i talked to like the guy from collective soul and like art alex axis from everclear and like i talked yeah. and i was like profiling these people and talking to these people and every now and then i would hit a song and I'd be like right yes there's this moment and i could totally forgotten about it and then you're like all of a sudden having a panic attack you're like
0: why i'm listening to collective soul who
2: cares but,
1: like, yeah 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 it yeah it's funny absolutely. the stuff
2: that gets unlocked
0: yeah it is really weird yeah. do you think that there's like I mean, I don't, you know, I'm always trying to fight like my old man vibes where I'm like, I don't know if I'm, I really am. I'm I'm fighting this with every fucking fiber of my being. But, uh, like, I don't want to be that person who's like, oh, our shit was better, you know, or whatever. Cause I really, I love a lot of music today. Like I'm a big, like, I love Wolf Alice. I love Sharon Van Etten. Um, I love the middle kids. Um, you know, all these, all these other bands around today, but there's something, um, I don't know, very different to me about the nineties and I'm trying hard to fight. Like, is it, oh, did I freeze? I think I may have a little bit, oh, but like, is it because like, uh, that's when I grew up is really, is that why is it not good? You know what I mean? I'm like, is it not as good as I remember? Or is it, or is it really that good? Cause you had tweeted, people should be talking about the gin blossoms or they talk about the Beatles. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yes <laughs> like absolutely <laughs> and i'm like is it just us though i don't know i i think it's kind of both like i do think that
2: there is something to be sad for this stuff that mm. like you're super into when you're form, like when you're forming parts of yourself i feel like those things like work their way into your bones right and then you can kind of never escape that stuff
0: yeah
2: uh and i think that definitely bleeds into it like i struggle with this a lot myself of like and when i really started to get like into a lane where everybody was like oh you're the 90s music writer i got really like i was like okay i gotta get out of this road because like this isn't all i listen to like i listen to other stuff i listen to older stuff i listen to newer stuff like i listen to all kinds of music for like i know that's like a super cliche thing but like it's true
0: no yeah Uh, and like
2: and i'm like i grew up listening to a lot of country like my mom listened to a lot of country music like dwight yoakam was on the stereo in our house all the time and i'm like a super big dwight yoakam fan and like but the, it is such a funny thing. Like when people sort of see you as a singer, like, no, I like that stuff because it's like, it means something different to me because it's those memories are more real because I've lived with them for so long. Like my memories of being th- in my 30s, the ones that I still have, are like, are, are still
0: so new. Like I had a mm. cell phone and all those memories. So it's different for yeah. me, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And like um, uh, Sharon Van Etten has got that song, 17. And then she has another one and I'm blanking on it, but it's with Angel Olsen. And I find myself also drawn back to, I think you know what I'm going to, but like back to music that's like talks about that period of time too. And I'm like, what is wrong? (laughs) But it's so good.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's something to me sad for like, I don't know because like I agree with you like 17 like these sorts of things like when you're seeing somebody else also processing the same stuff you're feeling like then you have a camaraderie right you're like oh I'm here too yeah I'm I'm also like trying to warn my teen self about all the decisions bad decisions I know they're about to make
0: yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely but Um, then
2: like there is this thing like I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I don't know if both of you have this where I'm like I'm starting to let go of like being mad at myself or like being upset that that, like my life didn't go differently or like I didn't make different decisions. I'm like, well, look, every decision, good or bad, Mm. like here I am now, like it's 2023. I'm still alive. I'm 40. Like I made it, you know, like I made it in like a million different ways. And like, yeah, I can wish that my life had been different, but maybe I wouldn't be here. Like maybe 40 would look entirely different. Like I have to just sort of like make peace with what I have done and where I've been. Yeah. Yeah. I, I,
0: I agree with that.
1: I and think I, I've I've gone through that, too. Like, I'm very, very much wherever I am, I'm supposed to be. I don't know why, but sure. like I was in Mexican prison. I'm like, this is where I belong right now because this is what, what this is what the universe is telling me I need to experience to process everything I was worried about two days ago when I wasn't here. And then when you get out, you're like, all right, I don't know why. I think it took me till out of my. I think into my 30s when it happened. I think I had so much like that teenage angst and anger (laughs) carried probably too like my test levels were too high into like 30. And once 30 hit, I feel like I kind of mellowed out and I started to become who I am now.
2: That's a hard thing to shake, right? Like that angst is really hard to work out of your system because you do want to like it's like this, like you want to rage against whatever machine is going to exist that you're like, what if I, if I push hard enough, the wall will come down and there's something better for me on the other side. Yeah. And like, it takes a while to get used to the fact that like, it's not about the wall. It's just about like every different room that you're in. And like, you just kind of have to like, like you said, like, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. And tomorrow I'll be somewhere different. Hopefully,
1: maybe.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's a weird thing too, because I feel like there's a lot of, um, You know, the media kind of sensationalizes we were talking about before. They sensationalize drama for marketing purposes and they make money out of it where I feel like, you know, there's artists that are really trying to express how they felt at a certain point in time and they're working through it. But then it gets into the other hands of people and they're like, how could we exploit this shit? And then it feels like you're just, you know, because I see it on my Instagram and stuff like that all the time where Um, The media will either pick on up on it or whatever. And I feel like I'm being kind of marketed somebody else's trauma or like or other trauma and what I should be traumatized by or what should also upset me, which kind of fucks me up. But at the same time, I'm very much like, man, is that messing up people's ability to process shit on their own time? Because it's either input from social media rushing you through an emotion or a feeling that maybe you're not ready to deal with. Like you ever think of when you're on Facebook and I know that's like also aging me out of, yeah. You ever ever go on Facebook and somebody wants you to uh, attribute to their garden um, and it's, and it's really annoying and they poke you and shit. Um, No, but like when you're on Facebook, I think it's funny because I think maybe the other apps do this too. Um, Hey, maybe not Instagram. I'll get this sentence out in a second. (laughs) I'm working it through in real time. Uh, But um, like it'll, it'll bring up memories for you. And it's one of those things that like my dad, so my dad passed away in November and I was thinking about this because I'm like, thank God, I, I like I did post something, but only posted one thing or whatever. And I'm like, could you imagine if like every year it just the internet re-traumatized you of like a breakup, of bad feeling you were having, something you posted and you forgot about in a second, but it just brings it back over and over again. And every app seems to do that. And I feel like mentally that's not great for people.
2: Yeah, it is like, you would think there'd be some algorithm, that would be like, okay, we're going to remind you, but like, we're going to like, there's like, like, if we can train AI to write transphobic Seinfeld bits, then surely <laughs> there can be like a system in place that would be like, hey, Apple Photos, I don't want that memory. Like, right. you don't need to like, give that to me without warning. Like, we yeah. can have a conversation about this.
0: Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the thing. There's a trigger warning on fucking gone with the wind. Can I have one for my own brain? Maybe <laughs> can you can you can I have yeah. one for my own posts that I'm not ready to deal with? it is a thing that
2: like because i like uh, so much of my stuff is like personal writing Mm -hmm. and the nice thing of it is, and it's hard because like you do, like when people are critical of it, it's like, Oh, you're critical of me because I'm a bad person. Cool. I'm going to, I'm just going to take this and I'm going to go and feel really bad about myself for (laughs) an extended period of time. But also like you do get to have conversations with people where they're like, Oh, I felt this way. Or like I was, I had this experience or something similar and I felt, you know, like I was on an Island by myself and now there's two of us on this Island. And that's like a really nice thing. like I get a lot of really mean and nasty emails, Um, but I like for every, like I have like a special folder in my email inbox where I keep everything nice that people send me, like all the nice emails and all the nice messages I get from people. And so like when shit like that does happen, when you're like, oh, I'm re-traumatized or like, or whatever, then it's like, okay, I got to dip into the nice folder.
0: (laughs) That's a great idea. I did not think of that at all.
2: It's a good thing to do. Like keep the good things around because like I do this thing where like, I can have a 100 people be like, I really liked this thing. And one person could be like, that thing stunk. And I'm going to be like, well, I'm going to yeah. obsess about you for the rest of my life. A new enemy. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I literally had a show um, at a theater a couple weeks ago. And I haven't been on stage in a, a couple months. I had a bunch of shit going on. <clears throat> and then I was like, okay, cool. Theater show. Gonna get right back into it. Gonna do 45 minutes. It'll be a blast. I did it. And people were coming up to take photos because uh, at first I was like, uh, you know, when you know, like something like you're like, oh, shit, done this and I was tweeting yeah. whatever, but everybody had a good time. And I was like, that feels really great to see. And one person kind of snubbed me and I was like, what the fuck is your, <laughs> like? but everybody else was great. And we were talking to people after, but I remember the one person that like walked by and I was like, fuck you too, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what. Oh, you think you're too good?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Follow them out into the parking lot and start throwing hands at them like they're a shark.
0: (laughs) What's your fucking? He's like deaf and he doesn't even. I don't even know. And I'm like, how dare you? He's just walking away. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to me. Um, and I want I want to say too before we move on to, but like that Counting Crows article that you did literally moved me. Like, like. I, I was like, you hit every single note correctly. They're my favorite band, um, and I always hesitate to say it because people are always like, "Really?" Uh, <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, I feel judged." Like you were saying before, but they are Counting Crows. I've I've loved them like since like my early 20s. And, They're great. Uh, they are, and I feel like they shape. You know, how, like certain music and bands like that. Their music resonated with me before like I don't know anybody else's did, and I feel like they really shaped a lot of my younger years and it's one of those things that I can't express to people in a way that they understand but I get it
2: yeah it's funny like I think we all a thing that happens especially with the 90s because the 90s like you were saying before like the 90s is such a popular time for people to look back on right now Mm -hmm, and I think that we all sort of collectively are looking back on it with like the glasses are too like the rose tint is turned up too high like we're kind of forgetting how they were and like I think we forget that like Cause we want the nineties to be this monoculture where it's like, it was grunge all the time. I'm like, no grunge was like two years. Yeah. Grunge was like the middle of the nineties for a very brief amount of time. Like friends was the dominant culture in the nineties. Like all yeah. these things, like the counting crows arguably were more popular than Nirvana. They had a longer career. They lasted yeah. a lot longer. Like, uh, right. and you know, there was a lot of people for who like, you know, the first time we heard Mr. Jones on the radio, like or whatever, like I heard Mr. Jones for the first time on a mixtape that some guy had made for my sister. I have an older sister, and wow. some guy had made her a mixtape, and Mr. Jones is on there, and that because that was his like, I'm gonna show this girl that I'm really into her. I'm gonna make her a mixtape that has Mr. Jones on. it <laughs> Surprisingly, that's not the guy she ended up marrying, which is really surprising to everybody. Wow. Uh, but like, I heard Mr. Jones, and I was like, this song is fucking cool as hell. Like, what is yeah. this? And I remember having to ask her and be like, what is that band? And she's like, I literally don't know. And wow. then w- before the internet, you just had to wait around until someone was like oh that's mr jones with the county crows and then and then i was off but yeah there's such a right. there's such a good band and it is either like you tell somebody that you like that band and now and they're either like oh i i, I don't care for them or like yeah like yeah they're like a significant part of my youth
0: yeah none of them very rarely like some of my friends will listen and i feel like now i'm getting the ideas out of like pity for me but like (laughs) uh but most of them are like yeah i don't know they're not doing it for me i'm like are you listening to the fucking lyrics though and like and i just and then i wind up being that old guy who's like come on man like just (laughs) turn it up and listen to the fucking you know it's not touching you so what's your favorite counting crow song Oh, dude, favorite Counting Crows song. Um, I'm like, I know. That's nah, a hard one to answer, like, I know. It is a hard one to answer because I just, I literally was thinking, so, um, I love High Life. I like, I love Mr. I mean, I obviously love Mr. Jones. I sure. love Murder of One. That's like a big one. Murder of One makes me have. I told my friend once, I was like, if I remember to coma, you just play Murder of One. I think I might start moving <laughs> it right back out of it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's a great build and it feels good. And he's talking about change and shit. Um, yeah murder one is one of my favorite ones high life um i love um mrs potter's lullaby (laughs) um i'm a big fan of goodnight elizabeth that one man that one made me feel some shit sure i was doing stand-up and that whole thing is about being on the road and like missing something like not being able to it just doesn't work out because you're gone all the time that one fucking hit hard um yeah there's just a i mean the list kind of goes on do you have a favorite one i mean a long december long december yeah yeah but purely, that reminds like, me of sixth grade which is odd like i mean but that still has like a great feeling for it to sure that's one of the rare songs that actually gives
2: me a different memory throughout the decades right because like i put it away for a while and then i would come back to it and i would put it away for a while and come back to it and like kind of now like honestly like the memory of it now is like having written that thing and like i did a reading i got asked to do a reading for like a reading and music series here in toronto last christmas mm-hmm. um we like whatever, two months ago, last Christmas, like that was like forever ago, <laughs> <laughs> two months ago. <laughs> Time is funny though, you know, like yeah. it feels like that was forever ago, but I, I read it on stage and it's funny because I had like, I know the story. I've told the story before and like, and I'm mm-hmm. on stage and I'm reading this thing, but it was my partner and I, we had just learned that one of our cats um, has cancer and is dying. And we had yeah. just found this out. And then I'm reading this piece, which is also um, spoiler alert for anybody listening that hasn't read this piece. It is also about my ex-girlfriend that passed away uh, when we were in our mid twenties. Mm-hmm. Uh, of cancer and i started reading this thing and then like also thinking of my cap but also like still processing this thing that was like lived with me my whole life so i got kind of like choked up on stage like a full theater of people and i'm like oh, this is cool this is great yeah i'm just like crying yeah. about a song from whatever 1997 1996 <laughs> 1997 <laughs> um, but that's just the way it goes sometimes yeah
1: and it shows the connection like you see how powerful that connection really like resides inside of you which it is, is awesome. really
2: kind of beautiful that we can still have these emotional responses to things that are like that are that old right like yeah, yeah. it is like the beauty of art in like a million different ways is like you can still feel things about a, something you know like i know every word of that song i could like if you were to like hit me over the head like fred flintstone and i was to become an entirely different person i would probably still know that song inside and out like it just lives yeah. in there
0: yeah that's great imagery because that makes total sense. To me. Mm-hmm. But and the other thing too, is like when I think of like when I first heard that song, when I was in sixth grade, a long December meant something completely different to me then, obviously. I mean, it would sure. have to. And then now like, but it's always been in spite of it being something that means different, meant something different to me. It's a sad song that oddly makes me happy. the way your article described. It makes me happy and kind of nostalgic but, like, I, when I think about it, I'm like, what did I have to be nostalgic about when I was 12? When I was five? Like, you know what I mean? But it hits it hits you the same way no matter what.
2: But it's the same as Gin Blossoms. It's the same as, like, I wrote, like, a thing about, like, Silverchair. Like, I wrote about yeah. a, a couple of these 90s bands. And it was all these things, like, what do I really have to be nostalgic about those times? But, like, it mm-hmm. is interesting, those little moments. I was like, those little moments, I think we kind of forget how formative they can kind of be. Like, yep. yeah. they build these little... Pockets and corners of you, right? That when you're older, you're like, "Oh, that's what that was." But like, yeah, so much of who we were as teenagers like catches up to us in weird ways as we're older. And like, if you don't look for it, I think it's easy to miss that all of these things have happened. But
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when we've we've had a bunch of like, I've had uh, uh, Glenn Phillips from Toad on the show. I've had Scott um, hazel from from the Gin Blossoms on and stuff. And I've gotten to hang out with them. It's very weird, <laughs> though. To, to, to like I find it hard for me when I'm talking to them or interview them not to be like you guys made me feel <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> for the because and I but I do get to ask it's kind of interesting though because I have asked them like do you acknowledge that like do you kind of recognize that you're part of this thing and also this in the same respect some of them are very much like ah oh, yes I do but I try not to think about it otherwise it's too much but it is weird that when you think about like like their I saw one guy go up to, Glenn in a show in New York and all he wanted to tell him was that he was sad on his birthday one year and then he heard uh, one of the songs that he had just come out with and he felt better. And I was like, that's all that like this guy drove God knows how long, spent the whole concert like listening to this stuff and he just wanted to tell him that. And I it mean it's it's crazy.
2: it's a burden off of him right he's probably that person is probably driving home being like i can't believe i got to tell him that story about that song right like and now he has a story about telling the story yeah and the the cycle continues and like he's going to tell somebody somebody's going to be like oh you got to hear this this you got to hear this story he's got or whatever you know like it's this recursive thing that it's just like it filters through and it becomes this bigger grander right
0: i can't remember where i read this but I, i was talking to somebody about uh memories and they had they showed me this article where they were saying how like, yeah, you know, like if, uh, if Dave Grohl's on stage and he tosses you a guitar pick before in, in that in midair, before it hits you, it's still just a guitar pick until you catch it. Then it's a memory and it means something and it goes on for fucking ever and has a story. And I just think about that with like experiences and everything else, because I'm like, oh, my God, it's absolutely true. Like nothing means anything until it's like passed off to somebody else
1: yeah
2: absolutely Mm -hmm. I
0: mean like it's like the
2: this is how the first stories came to be right like this is how uh, you know like Homer like this is how all of these things came to be was like this oral tradition of trading stories and building them and growing them what if
0: you had said Homer and I was like Simpson
2: and you were like "Ooh, I gotta go (laughs) that's how the the Simpsons came to be I mean look (laughs) I I didn't really graduate properly from high school
0: so I also don't know what the fuck I'm talking about most (laughs) of the time (laughs) <laughs> I understand. I think it's funny when people think I actually graduated from college and then I, and then I can see their expression change when I'm like, oh, I dropped out to do stand up. And they're like, oh, I went to, <laughs> I went to talk to a bunch of journalism
2: students at a college last year. And I'm like, I go into this class and I'm they're Like they invite me to come in and talk about my career and all this stuff. And I'm like, hey, Sure, like I don't have like the longest, most storied career of a lot of people, but I guess. And I go in and I talk to them, and they're and they're like in this, they're going to school for a number of years to do my job. And they're like, what's your advice? And I was like, I don't know, leave here.
1: i didn't do this and
2: look at me you know like i've got a full i've got a full-time job i'm like behind on shit to be here so like i don't know what to tell you but this might this room might be a waste of time absolutely
0: (laughs) i have to in a a month i have to go do uh i got asked to talk to a bunch of phd doctoral students about comedy and about it through like the ages of like athenian ages to to now and how it affects social change and if it really has an impact and i really just want to be like i'm dumb. Like, I don't have any, like, there's no reason for me to be here, but I'm not going to not do it. That sounds yeah.
1: awesome.
0: I mean, it's always nice to do. It's nice to think that somebody
2: wants to learn something from you. Right. I'm like, I don't yeah. know anything, but like, if you want to listen to me, go nuts, I guess. I mean, it's my job to have you listen to me. So I guess we'll do exactly. it, but yeah. I yeah. don't recommend it most of the time. Do you fi-
0: <laughs> Do you feel the same way about the, night? like, I, I'm a big eighties guy too. Like I love eighties culture, eighties music, but that has a resurgence and it's kind of coming back. And I've been trying to pinpoint exactly why. And for me, I feel like whenever I listen to, or like uh, see any documentaries about '80s stuff or '80s music or whatever, all of it looked hopeful toward the future. Like even the music. And I'm that's what I'm gonna get out of it. It's like I think synth and stuff is coming back because it just feels like something new is happening
2: the synth stuff coming back is wild to me like and i think stranger things says that like you know like for all like the kate bush of it all like they also have that th- yeah. the theme song and like in the recurring music and like i don't know synths have like come back i have like yeah. watched the synth resurgence happen for uh, like quite a while now and it is interesting to me that it is coming, like something that was like rooted in this like very like hopeful future for capitalism is now like coming back as we're like spiraling towards the end of times. You're like, remember when we thought this would turn out
0: well? yeah i know it is weird it, it, yeah. yeah it is absolutely weird that it's happening and then it's and then stuff gets kind of rewritten though because it's like the 80s looked upon as a very very like yeah and all the hopeful shit and the colors and all this stuff and i'm like it was a rough time sure a and lot like lot of people
2: and the same thing happens with the 80s that happens with the 90s where everybody's like oh the 80s is synth music i'm like yeah sure but like the 80s is also the replacements like the 80s is also punk yeah. rock in a big way like it is like gritty and scrappy and it is like <laughs> it is formative for all of these things that really grew and built bigger in the nineties. But like that was big in the eighties. Like a lot of that stuff comes from the eighties. Right. Yeah. But like, we forget about that because it's easy to be like, Oh, the eighties was like, everybody's on cocaine. And like, yes, that's true. But some <laughs> of them were fighting each other. Yeah.
0: yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. And there was also Kung Fu fighting. we and- <laughs> were doing a lot kinds of fighting. Yeah. Fighting yeah, was there's a- <laughs> yeah. Very popular,
2: very popular in this
0: Yeah uh did you watch i know we were talking about a little bit backstage but do you watch the grammys are you like a grammys person i don't tend to watch a lot of that stuff because it
2: happens uh late at night and i'm usually asleep (laughs) (laughs) or like i'm in bed and i'm like trying to sleep like i usually am in bed by like four o'clock in the afternoon and then i try to sleep um I like, will like read like what's going on. Like normally I'm just like yeah. on Twitter and I'm like sort of reading what's going on and processing it and like trying to be, cause it's like, it's weird cause it's like part of my job as to know what's going on. Right. Cause yeah, like you never know, like in the morning, you could get like a daytime radio station. that's going to be like, Hey, you got to jump on the radio and talk for 20 minutes about X. Like, this, yeah, that sort of shit happens to me on on a semi regular basis so you always kind of have to be aware of what's going on and like so i knew what was going at what, what was going on and like i read more of it this morning and like i don't know just a lot of those award shows kind of don't do anything for like i'm never i'm not the sort of person that's like oh you know who's going to be there and what's going on right. like there are people that yeah. are like grammy's heads or whatever like i'm always curious just because i have a morbid curiosity but i'm also yeah. just like kind of doesn't matter so much to me all the time
1: yeah
0: yeah no i feel you and i don't know like i do the same thing because i know people are going to talk about it I, if anything happens like you know if, if they happen to add a slapping ramp to the oscar stage <laughs> and will smith walks up it or whatever you know, he was supposed to
2: of... be there and then he wasn't there because they did the quest love did the whole like history of rap thing and will smith yeah. Yeah, won the first years. he won the first grammy for rap music
0: yeah and he wasn't crazy? even there I know. It's nuts. And that's the thing, too, is, like, I, you know, if you're gonna just, I don't know, it's one of those things where I'm like, how how bad could it have hurt to have him there? You know what I mean? Like, he's he still yeah. exists, he's still making movies, and you're honoring the whole thing. And obviously, those people aren't mad at him. You know what I mean? I've seen Questlove out with, you know, like, yeah. like they seem to have somewhat reconciled it, but um, It's the other thing crazy to me
1: that, like, yeah. hip-hop was around so long, and it took the Fresh Prince to bring on a Grammy. Right? Yeah, like,
2: It's so crazy. It's baffling. Like, it's truly baffling. Um, It wasn't, like, the first heavy metal win, wasn't it Jethro Tull? Yep. Yep. So, like... Yeah. there's something going on and like now like there was there's a conversation going around now of like a lot of the people that are voting for stuff like the Grammys cuz a lot of that is vote and they're like they're not even listening to half the stuff they're voting for they're just like they're going purely based on vibes which is like such a funny way to do this thing but it's also like how many of these awards do people remember like a month from now you know it is right. one of those like it is a piece of culture that doesn't have like any sort of staying power outside of like whatever big dramatic moments will happen during the show like we talk about the slap yeah. from the Oscars because that that was like a big thing right but like I couldn't tell you a single movie that won that year.
0: Oh no, I mean, yeah, that's a good point.
2: I mean, I don't watch movies in general anyway, so maybe that's a little bit outside of my wheelhouse. But like even then, like major music award stuff, like I don't tend to remember a lot of that stuff. I don't store that information because it just kind of doesn't matter so
1: much. Yeah, yeah, because who's voting on it? Like who? Where is the politics that says this person deserves this and this person deserves that? It is. It is baffling to me that we're not like.
2: I don't know. I think so much of this stuff could be helped and I think they would be more popular and I think more people would be engaged in it if we like broke them down and rebuilt them and be like, okay, look, like, yes, we can agree. This is kind of old and busted. So we're going to like, we're going to take it apart. We're going to dismantle this and we're going to have new like fresh eyes come in to take a look at it and build it into something that people want because like ultimately like you want people to keep talking about your thing. Like the fact that nobody really talks about the Grammys two days after they happen. Like they should still be talking about this thing, right? Like we talked sure. about the rock and roll
0: hall of fame for fucking ever. Like, yeah. And I yeah, kind of don't even care about that. Like I I'm, I'm hitting miss. <laughs> I'll watch it. The last year's was the best I've seen or this pattern. Not last year's. I don't know when it happened again, the time thing, but yeah, whatever the last one was, was the best I've seen. And I don't know how long, like everybody crushed it. All the awards were super cool. Yeah. Randoran, Robert Downey, introducing them mm-hmm. and stuff. And, um, you know, um, uh, Oh my God, I'm blanking on, come on, the country singer. What the fuck's her name? I'm losing it. This happens, by the way. Brandy Carlisle? Shania Twain. Twain? I love Brandy Brandi Carlisle, yeah. Um, she was there, but it was to honor, um, you know. Um, Dolly Parton. Man. Thank you, Dolly Parton. Holy yes. shit! Right? Yeah. God, who? I'm gonna cut this out. Uh, but <laughs> <Take> it longer. <laughs> God damn. Um, yeah, but she was fucking great. But yeah, the Grammys is one of those like so. The Golden Globes, uh, I think, was the last one that was on, and it was one of those things where I I watch it. Uh, those kind of things where I used to. I don't know why I still put myself through it for entertainment purposes. I I want to see everybody. Like when the, I remember one year the Grammys kind of honored um, the band. Sure. Uh, I, and it was great. And it was like Elton John was on stage and I think Mumford and Sons were still together. So they were all on. like everybody. Um, Alabama shakes, um, you know, a bunch of people were on stage and they sang the Wait." It was great. Um, and then uh, and I was like, that's a cool moment. But like a lot of that stuff isn't happening anymore. And I don't know who's who's like making these decisions. Like even the in memoriam, I think is kind of funny because it's like, you know, now they just show the person singing. And you're like, who died? Like, you know what I mean? Because it's yeah, all true. in the background. And you're like, yeah, who is making? Like, it's not for people at right. home anymore. It's for, I don't know. I, I like- wish the in memoriam thing would have, you know, if you're gonna do it, and then it maybe it's like, there's probably
2: too many people that really do this properly, but like, but have somebody that has a connection to, to to the person, and they can come and they can talk a little bit about, like, uh, you know, last year when Mark Lanigan passed away, I was gonna write a thing about him, and uh, we put that on hold because there's somebody else that was going to write about him for spin that ended up not doing it. But he was like, look, I knew Mark, we had a connection. I'm going to write a thing. And oh, so right. I stepped out of the way cause I was like, well, I've like got my own thing that I would write about Mark, but like, if you knew him, that's more important. And like, it means something different when somebody's like, look, I had a personal connection with this person. I, I, yeah. you know, we, we had, we spent time together and I'm going to tell yeah. you a little bit about them. Like that just like means more and you would probably hold that for longer too. Right. But like, you know, maybe that would just make too long of a show or something. I don't know, but it's just like, there's millions- no, it's okay. I was just going to say there's just like a million things with these sorts of shows where it's just like, this could be interesting and this could be like a thing you would watch on YouTube. You like that video yeah. of uh, um, when they're all doing the uh, George Harrison tribute with like Tom Petty and and uh, George Harrison's kid and Prince is there and yeah. Prince throws the guitar up in the air and walks off stage. Yep. Like I watch that video like once a year, maybe just because it's so great. And it's like, there should be more stuff like this. Like I should want to
0: relive the moments from these shows. Absolutely. Or like when Hart did a tribute for Led Zeppelin when they did that. Yeah. um, That was, I. that's one of the ones I rewatch all the time too. Cause I'm like that, that still makes me feel good.
2: Sure. Yeah, no, totally.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. I don't, I don't know. I like the idea of them actually having somebody with meaning. It's nice that you step back. And that's one of the things I like. I think about your writing, too, is that like you can tell you care and I don't think that's very present in a lot of stuff because, you know, sometimes you read something and you're like, oh, they're kind of just getting it done and, they're you know, whatever. But I feel like, you know, you kind (sighs) of genuinely care about what you're writing about. And, you know, it's nice to know that you step back when somebody else is going to write about their friend.
2: I try to like be choosy now. Like I'm lucky that I'm able to be like, cause some people just can't right? Like they do have to go through the motions cause otherwise they're not going to pay rent that month. And like, mm-hmm, yeah. and it's really hard to be like, I'm lucky b- because of the amount of work that I have and like other stuff that I do to like bring in money that I don't always have to say yes to everything. Cause there is stuff that it comes across my desk. I'm like, I could do this. I don't care about it. And you would be able to read it. And like, you can, like, you can totally see like, and there I do do stuff that I'm not always like, oh, I want to do this. But like, I try to, I, right. I think I'm like extremely lucky that I get to do this job too. Right. Like sure. I used to work in construction. So like, I'm lucky that's that rough. I'm like, I'm not doing that shit anymore. And I'm always worried that like, it's going to dry up and I'm going to like, well, I guess I got to get the bags out and, and go back and do this shitty all over again.
0: Did you get the- fired from construction or did you quit? Like, what was your, cause I, cause I'm, I'm fascinated by all the quiet quitting and shit like that that's going on right now. And I'm like, I'm curious to see how people left their former jobs to.
2: I left,
0: uh, I mean, like when I,
2: I quit working in construction, right. When I transitioned um, oh. just because of surprise, surprise working in construction and being a trans woman <laughs> are not like <laughs> ideal. They're not ideal. They're not ideal. <laughs> yeah, somebody, yeah. somebody like left me in a really lovely death threat on my car. And I was like, okay, so this is not oh, a viable no. career for me anymore. Oh,
1: uh,
2: and I had sort of been moving out of it anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was just very much like a, Uh, a thing that I was like oh I can't do this anymore Uh, and that was when I was still living in the Yukon and then I I moved to Toronto um, and just started sort of gigging around here and and picking up stuff and started writing and that just sort of took off and I was very lucky but like I kind of just had to like I had no other option I have no I have no education or like no real skills to speak of, other than I ran my own contracting company for 15 years. So I guess that gives me something. I don't know, but like
1: wow. Yeah. I yeah. need to know more about all of this. So the Yukon, <laughs> <laughs> like I, all this backstory that we haven't gotten to yet. I need to hear more. Plus, the Yukon's gorgeous. Like it's gorgeous countryside. And do, were you able to see the northern lights from where you are?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I was there for Christmas for a couple of days. I went back home for like four days for Christmas. And uh my mom i was staying with my folks in my parents house and i'm like an early riser and my mom knows this but didn't didn't come get me and i heard her stomping around upstairs and i went up to make coffee and she said you just missed it i said missed what and she said i was just outside the northern lights were outside i was like you didn't come i'm here for four friggin' days <laughs> <laughs> you didn't go and get me like i've seen them before. i've definitely seen them before like they do yeah. I always feel bad cause like I used to work in music when I was up there. Like I worked for music festivals and stuff when we would have bands come up and play and they would be like, we want to see the Northern lights. And I was like, yeah, me too. I don't know what to tell you. You know, like they're not always out. We don't have like some, we don't like flip a switch and they happen, yeah. but I've seen them and they're beautiful. Like they can be really stunning and, and amazing. And like sometimes they're just kind of there off in the distance. Like, when they show them on TV or you see photos, they're always so incredible, right? Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they're like that, for sure. And then sometimes it's like a little green light. And this is, it's funny to be yeah. so humdrum yeah. about something that is legitimately beautiful. Um, right. But it's just like, oh, whatever. Like, you've seen one northern light.
0: You've seen every northern light. I just imagine you <laughs> sitting outside with one little green flick and you're like,
1: boom, Boo, yeah. <laughs> Go
0: home. Come back when you've got purple.
2: Yelling that into the night sky, like like I'm yelling it at a vengeful god. Yeah, give me purple, you son of a bitch.
0: Yeah, exactly. Just ruining everybody else's northern lights experiment. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, luckily there's never anyone else around because it's the Yukon, and 15 people live there.
0: That must be nice. It's like you and three moose.
2: (laughs) Basically, yeah. I mean, I've seen. You know, there was. I remember once driving on the highway really early in the morning. And I'd come around the corner on this like long stretch of road and there's nobody else around. And there's just an elk like sitting in the middle of the highway in the middle of winter. So, uh, so I stopped my truck and I'm like waiting for it to get up. And it kind of looks at me and then it just like goes back to mining and so on. And it's like, whatever, I'll wait. You wait for me. I'm the moose. And the, I'm the elk in the road. You, know, you wait. For me. <laughs> yeah, and then eventually yeah. I like kind of got up and then slipped on the ice and fell and was like, you didn't see that. And I was like, well, I'm the only <laughs> other one here. So for sure, we'll pretend. And
0: then I walked <laughs> off into the woods. <laughs> oh my god i've seen those uh instagram videos of people in like you know with like a moose will walk by in traffic and i and i'm just like that's it it looks like those uh those droids from star wars with, like <laughs> yeah, the, sure, with yeah. the legs are so ridiculously yeah. long it's amazing man the ATAT walkers
2: you mean yeah yeah the at thank you yes exactly. <laughs> or I, was- at, at, <laughs> I don't know if you like i don't know if we're supposed to say at at i didn't never, i never got that far <laughs> with my fandom i'd write a bunch of star wars <laughs> novels
0: when i was a kid <laughs> oh god i don't know i wish i knew that'd be hilarious though um and so you were in the yukon for a bit and you were going you you did that kind of stuff did you al- were you always writing though or did this like come out of pure passion for you later
2: kind night? of kind of both i mean like i would write but i didn't really know what to do with it and i never really thought of it as a career because i didn't go to college and like and i kind of didn't really do that well in high school. Other than in English, like I was great in English class and creative writing and that sort of stuff. But like, because I was a failure in every other regard, um, nobody ever took me aside and was like, hey, you've got an aptitude for one thing. Do you want to explore it? They were just right. like, oh, you're kind of a disaster kid. What if we just try, try to get you out of here as quickly as we can? Uh, and then, cause I started working for my dad and his, I was a, a glass worker, I'm a journeyman glass worker. Um, oh, okay. And my dad had a glass shop when I was 18 he was like well just come work for me come sweep the floor and then i became a journeyman a couple of years later and i just sort of did wow. that because nobody else was right. like we have a different plan for you you know and i didn't really have a plan for myself and then um but i would always kind of do it here and there and every now and then like the local paper would be like do you want to write a thing and i would be so excited but i would never tell anybody like i was so afraid <laughs> to be like this is a thing i want to do this is like a part of me that i'm like i mean it was hiding a million parts of me away from people yeah. but like it was yeah. one of those things where i was like i really want to do this and then uh when I was just kind of like when I had nothing else to lose when I was like well I guess I could try and mm-hmm. I was extremely lucky that like the first outlet that asked me to write for them was the Huffington Post so like holy shit know, that like gives you a little bit right like and they reached yeah, out yeah. to me and were like hey you looks like you can tell a story through Twitter do you want to tell a story you know in an op-ed and I was like okay and I, I wrote a thing and it went okay and then I just sort of like a thing i learned when i was younger was just pretend you know how to do everything like that's how i learned to do yeah. everything in construction was just acting like i knew how to do it and then looking it up no one was looking act as if yeah yeah totally right and like when they would ask me like specific stuff about writing i was like oh well, let me think about it and then i would go off and google it because yeah, i had yeah. no idea how to do this job and then eventually i just sort of figured it out and now here i am but it was definitely like a I was in my 30s like a pretty weird time to make a drastic career change, right? Because everybody tells you, like, by the time you're 35, you're almost dead. And I was 35, <laughs> and I was like, Ooh, i got to start <laughs> learning how to be alive.
1: Yeah. So that really yeah. was, like, a full rebirth. Like, everything, yeah. like, transitioned for you completely.
2: Very literally, yeah. And it was very yeah, much, yeah. like, it kind of gives me this really interesting new starting point where I'm, like, in my 30s. And yeah. I see so many people now that are, like, 21, 22 years old. And either, A, and I remember how it felt to be 21 and 22 and you're like i know everything i've seen everything and i've done everything and i just like oh my sweet summer child (laughs) when i was 21 and 22 i thought i had it all figured out and i did not and i hadn't even had anything really bad happen to me yet. that would come in a couple years you know and like uh uh and i just want to like tell them like it's actually fine and look all of these things like you don't have to be in a rush to have everything figured out and like kind of fucking around and having bad stuff happened is kind of good and i wish more people were more willing to let that stuff happen to them right like yeah
1: yeah it builds who you are
2: yeah, yeah. totally like yeah. we let that idea of like every everywhere we've been like we're supposed to be there and eventually that sort of like that every day gets you to where you're going and whoever yeah. you are that day that's who you're supposed to be and it's everything that you've done previous to that that gets you there
1: yeah
0: I remember graduating high school and there was a um, an article in Newsweek. And I think her name was it, the who wrote it was Anna something. But um, it was called an apology to the graduates. And it was for high school students who were graduating in 2004. And it was basically like, you know, she just went through this whole thing. where are like uh, basically just kind of surmising like, you know, you're they're rushing you in your 20s and like we and that's our my generation's fault and Mm -hmm. like everybody wants you to be this 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 and this if you have the opportunity to slow down and figure out what you want please for the love of god take it and i remember like literally like showing it to other people and like trying to be like this is awesome this is in newsweek this is important and then everyone being like yeah no but i kept it in my head and then when i when i you know bailed to do stand-up and stuff when i was 20 I was like, it was scary as shit, but I was like, it kind of just resonated with me, but I still wish I knew more. Like, I wish I fucked around a little bit more in my twenties too. Like, you know, what were you going to do before you decided to lean into standup? Nothing. I was going to be, I, I, I was good in English, really good in English. Um, I was, um, you know, basically you know brain dead in math like they like no put like nothing was going on there um and but like english history like all that stuff i really liked i thought i was just gonna go to college and wind up teaching because that's literally what everybody did yeah when they didn't know what they wanted and i went to i went for one year and then um but i just took dumb like i took a psych class three hours hated it the only thing I loved was my creative writing class. And then I actually got sit like the uh, um, professor there was like submitting my stuff. And then they were like, you could go to, uh, why don't you go to Brown? And I was like, why don't you go fuck? Yourself? Cause I was <laughs> dating somebody. I was, I was dating somebody else who was going to a different college and I was struggling to, to hang on to a relationship. I thought was like, I thought this was like supposed to be the way to go. I was like, sure, I need yeah. to fight for this and you know, don't fuck it up. And then when it all came literally crumbling down, she'd, you know, I got like horribly cheated on. And then uh, I was like, "I that happened. And I was like, you know what? I fucking hate going to college. I don't like any of these classes. I don't want to do anything. Um, and for my entire time, I, all my friends were always like, why don't you try doing stand up? And then finally, I was like, fuck it. I want to try doing it. And then I went to New York and that was it. And now here you are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And still poor, but uh, <laughs> but happy. Um, but yeah, but I mean, that's the that's the crazy thing. And it's I find like a lot of people like just a lot of people I talk to are like a lot of artists always go through the same kind of shit um, where we think we're heading off into one direction and we have to choose another one. I mean, I think that's kind of. I, I think if it's a thing that you realize when you're
2: younger and you do it your whole life, it almost feels like I don't know. My, so my my dad, who's a glass worker, and he still is, uh, you know, he started when he was 13 years old because he had to. He, him and his brother, well, he lived in a big family. They lived above a glass shop, my grandfather's glass shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my grandfather was also an alcoholic and, and he couldn't run his business. So my dad had to step in and do it. And he was 13 when he started. Wow. Yeah. And So he's done it his whole life. And like it's one of those things where like, I thought that I was supposed to do the same thing because this is what my dad did. And he never really, because my dad is not an expresser. He's my dad as well. So he doesn't express emotions ever. Uh, mm. and, uh, uh, heaven forbid. And, <laughs> um, and he's like, my dad is a very lovely, kind man. And, and, um, but he just never told me this stuff. And then like when I started choosing a different sort of life and path for myself and like in recent years, especially he's been like, I'm very, I'm so happy that you like have found a thing that is so different from the thing that you thought was going to be your whole life. Cause like, it's nice to like change lanes and to try something different. And I was like, Oh, I thought you wanted me to do the single thing. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's, that's what I got stuck doing. But like, I don't want you to have to do that. I I know that it sucks. Like I'm here and like, I have to do this to survive, but like you shouldn't have to have to do that the way that I did.
1: That's that's great. Awesome. Like you, like, You can't see him being that because as a parent, you usually are like, oh, they probably want me to be what they are. Yeah. And when they see you break into a totally different direction, I think it inspires them that like you got to live what they never were able to go after and pursue.
2: I have never had as real a relationship with my father as I did a after I transitioned and B, which is funny because my dad and I worked together. Like we were like so tied together for so long, but our relationship was about work. It wasn't about, Mm. it wasn't real. You know, like we didn't have an actual real connection or relationship to each other. And now it's very like, you know, we actually like, my dad says, I love you to me, which he never said to me before. Like we have a real relationship and it is exactly that. Like he gets to see who I, really am and we can actually have a relationship now and you know he says like complimentary things to me and like and all this stuff and it's like oh okay because you get to see me have this different life but I just never knew that you didn't want me to have to do this
1: right yeah Yeah. that's awesome but like that's that's so that's so tremendous like for people I feel like if you could convey that to a younger person that's almost like trapped in the part where they're like oh I want to be who they want me to be but you know I don't know if if they'll accept me for that yeah, yeah,
0: you know, and you have double the experience there because you not only shifted and transitioned careers, and that's a whole different kind of like, you know, brain pr- function to do. But you had to actually transition who you were and who you knew yeah. you were the entire time. You've got like I don't know so much advice, like you know what I mean. Like, do you ever see people struggling? Do you when you when you find that do you find yourself going I could help them or do you wait till maybe they come to you? like Is that an impulse that you have?
2: No, because I think I I think I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm always very wary. It's like the thing, like, I don't like to play music in front of people because I'm like, what if I'm bad? What if I have bad taste in music? And like, this is my job. My job is to like, yeah, uh, to, to, know what I'm talking about but I'm just like I don't know I always kind of like want people to I'm trying to be very mindful of like giving advice if it's on if it's unasked for like I want people to ask me if they want to ask me but like I and I want to let them know like it is an option like if you need to come talk to me or whatever like absolutely please do but like right. I never like I do see it from time to time and I always try to be like well you're on your own journey and I hope you have somebody helping you with that because like I never had anybody helping me
1: like yeah,
2: my, yeah. my mom would always tell me when I was a kid she would always be like, well, I don't care if you grew up digging ditches, just as long as you're happy. Right. Uh, and I would be like, guaranteed, you would hate if my job was ditch digger, because who the fuck digs ditches anymore? First of right. all, that's not a job that people have. Like, I didn't grow up in the Renaissance, you know, like, not a lot of work for ditch diggers
0: out there. Uh, <laughs> she just finds like, you one day making swords, and you're like, Yeah, like, what are
2: you like doing? some bespoke ditch digger, like, right. uh, but she just, like, she didn't have any advice for me. It was just so like Mm -hmm. open-ended and nebulous. Uh, And that didn't help me either. And I'm just like, so I'm very aware of like, just not saying anything, but like offering the opportunity like, look, if you want to talk to me, like the nice thing about my job now, because I write about my life and I I try to write these very personal things and I use music as like my conduit Mm -hmm. uh, is like, it does give people an opportunity to reach out and like, and I do try to like flag things and like, okay, I should respond to this person. Cause it is, you know how it is. Like, it's hard yeah. to respond to everybody when they're reaching out. Like, you know, I don't get one email a day. I get hundreds. So like, but I try to like flag things and be like, okay, like get back to this person cause they need help or they need whatever. They could use it. They could use a uh, helpful ear. Then mm. uh, I try to do that stuff, what it's asked for, but I do see stuff and I'm just like, this is not my place to, to butt in. And uh, yeah and i don't know i'm always very wary of that stuff but also like i'm so for people kind of like (laughs) fucking up and having bad stuff happen and be like (laughs) you gotta learn from this shit right like yeah it's like learning to do anything like i learned how to be good in construction because i hurt myself a bunch of times and like yeah probably a bad way to do it but i'm still alive
0: oh yeah Yeah. i mean i I, i'm like you know i like biking or like riding my bike or whatever. But like I can do a bunch of shit on my bike only because like literally just stand up, let go. I'm good with balancing. But like it's the same thing where like people are like, how do you do that? And like you can just do it. I'm like, no, I fell like through a tree uh, <laughs> like, because I just learned, you know, and now I know what's coming or whatever. But it's the same shit. Like I had a friend who was afraid of, afraid of flying. And same thing where I was like, you just have to th- I used to think of things as like I did this once and I was scared, but the next day I was fine. And I, I always think about how you survive bad shit. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, where were you the next day? Two days down the road, where are you going to be? Oh, I'm going to be here. Okay, that's okay. You know, it's it's a hard thing to to kind of get through, but I don't know. People I, need to do it. I think. I there is... give... Oh, Go I'm ahead.
1: sorry. No, no, no. What were you going to say? Oh no, I say I try to give good advice, but I also feel like like I always like take somebody to mentor, right? Like I usually have somebody, but I also know what it was like being the mentored, but you don't listen. You're yeah, sure. I've said so many times, I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to tell you how to do it. Or you could try to do a trial by fire and you go out, you do it and I'll help you. I'll guide you. I'll tell you what it's a fix. And one of the, I don't know my guy, Joe, I'm like, he's like, but I don't understand. He's like, why would you put me in a situation without, I'm like, because have you ever touched the hot stove twice? <laughs> I was yeah, like, that's yeah, totally, right? like, yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Touch that hot stove. I am not touching that stove again. Like it shouldn't, it, you only learn by that real experience. I right. think
2: our scars are such a formative part of us, right? Like more yeah. so than any other, any other thing that lives with you forever. Like that's why a tattoo is such a fascinating thing for me. A person that has a lot of stupid tattoos, but like, I think our scars are so important
1: to who we are because more than anything, that's a lesson that you learned good or bad. Right. Yeah. And I wear them and I love them be like all my scars. I'll know like what happened as, as bad of a memory as I have. I know like <laughs> this scar was from this, this scar yeah. was from that. You Memento. Know? It, it carries it's what they sell them to true <laughs> life experience. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um,
0: yeah, totally. It is insane. That brings us into the uh, one of the last three questions that I ask every guest on the show, if you're ready for them.
2: Yeah, totally. I'm ready.
0: Excellent. Uh, first question is, if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself to help you today? Learn to skateboard. Ooh. I like that. That's a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, when do you, I was...
2: Have you tried? You, I mean like I do a little bit now uh, and I skateboarded for a bit when I was a teenager and then I dropped it and then when I was 23 I was at a house party and uh, we found some skateboards a friend of mine and I and uh, we said we're going to go skateboarding it was like 2 o'clock in the morning and uh, we'd been up you know for a couple of days at this point and uh, uh, so we're out on the street and we both bail and then she's like this is sketchy for me I'm going to go inside I'm like no I'm going to master it famous last words and then people found me in the party walking around Um, holding my arm, which was like split open and bleeding everywhere. And I'm asking people, does anybody know where the paper towel is?
1: holy <laughs> shit
0: oh. oh my god
2: and somebody said what do you need paper towel and I showed them my arm and I was like you need a full you need a full hospital because <laughs> <laughs> I hit a car I ran into a. would like been skate, trying to skateboard and I hit a car and like flipped over the car holy shit so wow. learn to skateboard and then that won't happen to you yeah <laughs> and it's also fun. fun like I love, ska- I
0: love skateboarding and now that I'm 40 I'm like I wish I'd been better at this when I was younger because I would like right. to be better at this now it's great to pick it up now like when you're when you because it's like nice and something to do but also you know And it's also a hobby that I cannot monetize. And so much of my job is like taking every
2: hobby I have and figuring out a way to turn it into money. And like, Mm -hmm. I realized this the other day when I was having a little panic attack, I was like, oh fuck, all of my hobbies are jobs. Yeah. And like skateboarding, there's no way I could monetize it. I'm not going to be a pro skater. I'm 40 fucking years. I'm, there's not like, <laughs> there's not a lot of pro 40 year old trans women skateboarders, you know? So like, that, like that's why yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could be living in an alternate dimension right now. So yeah. Anyways, that's my advice
0: for my younger self more than anything. Excellent. Uh, second question is what had to end in your life, good or bad that led you where you are today? Masculinity.
2: i mean that's an easy lesson that that is
0: like that's maybe a cop-out answer
2: for uh no no if it's uh, if it's true to you then yeah but i mean like absolutely like i had to like i had to be willing to give up so much of like a like being masculine was like such a fabricated identity but i had lived with it for so long that uh i didn't really know who i was like i didn't know what i liked Mm -hmm. it was like such a deeply unhappy person and uh Uh, I had to be able to like walk away from masculinity, which was like such an entrenched thing in my life. I was a construction worker. I was a construction worker that lived in the Yukon. It's like masculine is fucking hell, you know, but I had to be (laughs) willing to walk
0: away from all that shit in order to like really be alive. Were the were the guys the construction worker like like when they found out that you were transitioning Were they like you could stay but you have to cat call yourself That's the no. only. <laughs> <laughs> there's like a new there's a new rule on the job site where I have to like I have to be willing
2: to whistle at myself every time I walk yeah. by a reflective surface. Right, it's hard for somebody that works with glass, you know, because it's all. <laughs>
1: it's um, <always> a reflective. <laughs> no,
2: I wish like I I wish they'd all been that cool. Otherwise, I might have had a different experience. Yeah, with it. yeah.
1: Is there anything you miss from it? yeah i like building stuff and i like
2: fixing stuff like i was really i wasn't a very handy person when i started like my dad literally was like just come sweep the floor but like i learned a lot of stuff and i learned to be really reliant on myself and i like i like to fix stuff like i fix stuff around our apartment now like uh and, and if like a friend of mine has an issue with something i'll help them out and like and i genuinely like working with my hands and it feels very nice but like that part of it's all really great it's just everything else like a lot of the environment around it just isn't for me anymore but i like Fixing stuff and working
0: with my hands and all oh, that man. stuff. I envy that. I can't build shit. I left all the lock nuts things out of a desk. I'm waiting for that thing to collapse. I didn't even know you were supposed to use all <laughs> yeah. that.
2: No if you idea. just drop out of frame suddenly, we'll know the chair just like fully collapsed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's not, I, that could actually very well happen. Sure. I, I suck at all that shit. I really wish I was good at it. Oh my God. That's great. Um, and the last question ties into the show. If this was a genuine dystopia, and you woke up and you found out it was everybody's last day yeah uh what would be happening would it be a government collapse in your mind or would it be a comet heading toward earth or alien zombies and what would be your epic death how would you want to go out oh that's a good
2: one i was thinking i was trying to like i was trying to think of this before um i would like to think that it would be a comet because i want something that's instantaneous like Mm. i don't i'm scared of the water so i don't want it to be a flood right Uh, and that was just like god drowning the fucking worst dude
0: Uh, oh my god But
2: i kind of want to like either like i want to go out in an instant i want don't want to like i don't want there to be an agony i don't want it to be anything i want me to be like one minute i want to be drinking coffee and the next i want to just not exist (laughs) okay if that would be like. I mean, just any, like, just like not All even right. a good coffee, like like shitty gas station coffee. <laughs> I want to just be like, look, I need coffee because I'm like, I'm like, it is like my one vice that I'm allowed to still have. Mm. Uh, uh, and uh, I just want to be like, I just need a coffee. And I like jump into like a 7-Eleven and I've got dirt coffee that I'm like, I'm going to drink half of this and throw it away. And then I see the comment. I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> and then boom, you know, and then that's that. And then it's, and then it's gone. And then we're gone forever. <laughs> so the movie Armageddon, you know, I really wish Bruton for the comment the whole time.
1: Oh god! Like, so the movie
2: would end yeah i mean
0: like just get me out of this get me get me <laughs> yeah. away from this situation for sure yeah <laughs> uh, that's awesome um thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate you coming on and making time for us oh
2: thanks for having me and and uh, i apologize about like my ever deteriorating um physical form uh, as i as i get progressively sicker over the course of recording but this has been really yeah, fun thank you so much for having me on this
0: is a really yeah, good time
2: We'll be right <laughs>